Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. When we were enemies of God, the Bible says we were enemies of God through our sin and through our wicked works. And when we were enemies of God, God responded to us with love. And God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, to save us and give us eternal life. When we were enemies, and now through Christ's power in our lives, we we can show love and kindness to our enemies. Have you ever felt like an enemy of God? Like everything in your life is going wrong and there's no one to blame but Him? In today's message, Pastor Dan wants you to know that if you want to start making real changes in your life and quit dwelling in the past, give your life to God. When He is in your heart, He will never be your enemy and will work everything for your good. Make an impact in others around you by letting God's love pour out of your life. Use His grace to love your enemies. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. verse 21 you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment but I say to you there's that phrase but I say to you there's that authority that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whoever says to his brother raka which means you know good for nothing or you idiot shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Now, again, the Pharisees and the scribes, they taught that the law, you know, it's all outward. And they taught, uh, you know, that the law says thou shall not murder, which is true. It does say that. And, And for the Pharisees and scribes, it was all external. And as long as you don't murder anyone, you keep the law. But you can think whatever you want to think about the person. You know, you, you, you can be full of anger and hatred and all kinds of things. You can think they're good for nothing. You can think they're just a total idiot. Uh, that's, that's fine, as long as you don't act on that anger outwardly and murder the person. But if Jesus Christ is really enthroned in your heart, listen, if Jesus Christ is really enthroned in your heart, if he's really ruling over your life, you won't even have anger for them. You won't have hatred. You won't see them as good for nothing. You won't see them as an idiot. You'll see them the way that Jesus Christ sees them. You'll see them as someone that Jesus Christ died for and bled for on the cross. You'll have a heart full of mercy toward that person. Because God showed you mercy. And your condition. 
But if you do have hatred in your heart, if you do have anger, if you do have bitterness, if you do see someone as worthless and good for nothing and an idiot, well, that just shows that Christ is not ruling in your heart. Christ is not enthroned. You're walking in your flesh. And, and you need to get Christ enthroned. Well, how do you do that? You go back to verse 3 and the Beatitudes. You start over. And you go back to blessed are the poor in spirit. And you realize your poverty of spirit. You mourn over that anger that fills your heart. And you hand over control of your heart to Christ again. See, these, these six illustrations reveal to us Who's really on the throne in my life? Is Jesus Christ on the throne or am I on the throne? Look at verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And to put it in our terms today, if you come to church to worship and, and there as you're, as you're worshiping, as you're singing, hands raised, you remember that someone has something against you, leave and go be reconciled with that person, then come and worship the Lord. It's that important. Again, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, for them, it was all external. So they could go to the temple to make an offering with a heart that's filled with anger. And hatred. There was, a, there, it was, there was a total disconnect there. And we shouldn't have that kind of disconnect. Where, where we can come to church to worship and fellowship and study God's word. But our, our hearts are far from God. Our hearts are filled with anger. Our hearts are filled with hatred. If Christ is reigning in your heart, there should be a desire to remove that anger. To remove that hatred. And remove that bitterness that's in your heart. There should be a desire to be reconciled with others. Quickly, especially when we come to the house of the Lord. Now, look at verse 25. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hands you over to the officer. And you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you've paid the last penny. If our flesh is enthroned in our hearts and not Christ and, and, you know, we're walking in the flesh then we're not going to want to agree with our adversary quickly. <laughs> our flesh does not want to agree. Our flesh wants to fight. Just as it says here, even if we've got to go to court, even if we end up in prison, well, we're going to fight this thing no matter what. We're not going to back down from this. No way. We're going to fight. Now, listen, maybe you're not going to end up in a literal court, and maybe you're not going to end up in a literal prison, but how often do we hold court in our minds? How often do we hold court in our hearts and put somebody on trial? How often do we hold court while we're in the car by ourselves? I can't believe he did. I can't believe it. We're driving down the road and we're putting someone on trial. And we, we can spend the whole day in court. How often do we call our friends? Talk to them. And really what we're doing is we're just trying to line up witnesses, right? For our case. Let me tell you what they did. Can you believe that? Or, well, maybe we should get together for dinner so we can put this person on trial over a good meal, right? We'll just, you know, let's get together so we can talk about it. The flesh has no interest in reconciling. 
The flesh has no interest in forgiving. The flesh has no interest in settling. The flesh has no interest in backing down. The flesh likes the fight. The flesh, likes to, the flesh is totally okay with dragging things out for days and weeks and just kind of dragging out the trial. And you know what can happen is we can end up putting ourselves into prison. A prison of unforgiveness, a prison of anger, a prison of resentment, a prison of bitterness, a, a prison that our flesh has created for us. And some people will stay in that prison for years. But if God is ruling in your heart, If God is enthroned in your life, you'll want to settle the case. You'll want to settle the case. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, the Apostle Paul says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If Christ is enthroned, if Christ is enthroned in my heart, I I don't want this anger to carry over into the next day. I want to settle it. I don't want, I don't, you know, I don't want the sun to go down on my anger. You know, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want to walk in the spirit so I can be free from this anger, so I can be free from this bitterness. I don't want to be imprisoned by this anger. So I walk in the spirit. Again, this this just reveals who's enthroned, who's ruling in my life. Is it me or is it Christ? Verse 27. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit Adultery, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, for the Pharisees, the law was all external. If, if you don't commit the physical act of adultery, you've kept the law. But Jesus says now, well, if you look at a woman to lust for her, you've committed adultery in your heart. It's all about the heart. And so a person ruled by their flesh can commit adultery 50 times a day. With 50 different women. You sit in front of their computer and commit adultery. Again, this is, this is one way I know if I'm ruled by my flesh or if I'm ruled by the Spirit of God. Do I lust? Do I covet things that I don't have? Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit. Listen, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen to me. Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a definite promise from God. You walk in the spirit. You yield control to the spirit. And the promise is if you are yielding control of the spirit moment by moment. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans 8.13. Jot that down. Romans 8.13. By the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. By the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. The spirit is the only answer God gives us to overcoming our flesh. Do you know that? The spirit is God's answer to overcoming the flesh. God doesn't say try harder. God doesn't say, you know, go for a run. You know, distract yourself. or what, what, all, all these little gimmicks and tricks that we come up with where really we're trying to we're trying to overcome the flesh of the flesh. That's that's nuts. Remember, we're poor in spirit. We've got nothing in us. And now we're going to we're going to go and, and try to draw from from something that's empty. The very thing that's got us into this trouble. Right. No, the, the one thing that God has provided for us to overcome the flesh is. 
is the spirit. How do you overcome the, fl- the, spirit, the flesh? You walk in the spirit. You yield control to the spirit. The fruit of the spirit includes self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us control over our desires. So now verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you than that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Jesus is saying here we need to deal with our sin. We need to do what's necessary to deal with our sin. And let me suggest to you, instead of cutting off your hand or plucking out your eye, you can surrender your life to Christ and walk in the Spirit. A lot less painful and a lot less messy. Now in verse 31, if you're not uncomfortable enough, Jesus brings up the marriage relationship. In a marriage relationship, you learn very quickly if Christ is enthroned in your heart or if your flesh is enthroned in your heart. Verse 31, furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Now, in Jesus' day, a man could divorce his wife for any reason at all. Uh, he, he just had to give her a certificate of divorce, a written document declaring that he was divorcing her. When a man and a woman get married, they vow their love and devotion to each other before God, their family and friends. They exchange their vows and make their promises to love each other in good times or bad, for richer or poor, sickness and in health. And I, I've, I've had the privilege of officiating many weddings, and I can tell you that man and that woman have no idea what they're saying. They're just in love. They want to be married. And they'll say the words, rich or poor, good times, bad, sickness, health, but they have no idea. And then they spend the rest of their lives together living out those vows and defining them and going through good times and bad times and rich times and poor times and sick times and healthy times. And their vows are tested. And if my flesh is enthroned in my life, if my flesh is enthroned in my heart, there will be conflict in the marriage. 
And there may be times where I say, well, I, I, I don't want to do this. This isn't worth it. This is too hard. Or I'm tired of this. Or I want out. This is no fun. I want to have fun. But if Jesus Christ is enthroned, then it is, Lord, we want you to be glorified in this marriage. Lord, we want you to be preeminent in this marriage and in our family. Lord, make me the kind of husband you want me to be. Or make me the kind of wife you want me to be. Lord, help me to love my wife the way that you want me to love my wife. Lord, give me, give us a healthy marriage, a strong marriage, a long-lasting marriage that pleases you. A marriage reveals who's on the throne in your heart. And I, I can tell you, too, just from observation through the years, Marriage problems are typically a lordship problem. Who's on the throne? Either for one member of the marriage or for both. It's a lordship issue. Verse 33. Again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Another area where you can see if your flesh is enthroned or if Christ is enthroned is in your integrity, your character, your trustworthiness, your honesty. Do you lie? Are you dishonest? Do you keep your word when you make a promise? Do, do, you have to, do you have to convince people to trust you? Do you have to say, I, I swear. I promise. You know, I, I'll swear on a stack of Bibles. <laughs> or do you let your yes be yes and your no, no? Verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Again, if, if, you're, if you're in the flesh, if you're controlled by the flesh and, and someone mistreats you, well, your flesh wants to retaliate. Your flesh wants to strike back. But when Christ is enthroned and someone mistreats you, you don't retaliate. You don't strike back. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. First Peter chapter 2, verse 20 says, of, says, When you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. When Jesus was reviled on the cross, he didn't revile in return. 
He didn't retaliate. Instead, he committed himself to him who judges righteously. And when Christ is enthroned in your heart and in your life, instead of retaliating, you say, you know what? I'm just going to commit this situation to the Lord. I'm going to put it in his hands. I know he'll take care of it. I know he can protect my reputation. I know he can defend me. I know he'll do what's right. And, and you know, this is an opportunity for me to be salt and light. Before this person. Verse 43. You've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your father in heaven is perfect. And how, how I respond to my enemies now, how I respond to my enemies reveals if my flesh is enthroned in my heart or if Christ is enthroned in my heart. When Christ is enthroned, I can respond to my enemies with love. And why should I respond to my enemies with love? Here's why. I'll tell you why. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says that when we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. When we were enemies of God, the Bible says we were enemies of God through our sin and through our wicked works. And when we were enemies of God, God responded to us with love. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, to save us and give us eternal life when we were enemies. And now through Christ's power in our lives, we we can show love and kindness to our enemies. And here, you know, here you have this person that, yes, they've. They've, they've done us wrong. They've mistreated us. They've, they've abused us or whatever the case may be. And, and yes, they're an enemy. But I'm going to show love to them. I'm going to show kindness to them. I'm going to bless them however I can. I'm going to pray for them. Because that's what Christ did for me. You know, and as, we, as we've gone through each of these six examples and kind of six areas of life that are common to to all of us. Maybe you've realized there's some areas of your life where Christ is not enthroned. Maybe, Maybe you struggle with anger issues, or maybe you struggle with lust, or maybe in your marriage, or maybe your character is not trustworthy, or maybe you do desire revenge on someone who really did you wrong. Maybe... You struggle to show love and kindness to your enemies. Well, you realize now that you're poor in spirit. So you go back to the Beatitudes and you mourn over your condition. You, you, you mourn that you have anger in your heart. You, you mourn because you, you struggle with lust. You mourn because uh, you're so selfish in your marriage or you're not trustworthy or you do desire revenge or you don't show love to your enemies, whatever it is, you mourn over that, you mourn over your spiritual condition, and you surrender that area of your life to Christ. And then Jesus Christ then will do a work in your heart so that you can live in such a way that you're salt and light and you bring glory to your Father in heaven. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.